Hello, and welcome to Jeanette's TV and Jeanette's TV podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Burke, and today we're having a very serious subject about sextortion. Sextortion is when you are forced to share your private and sensitive in information in exchange for sexual favors or money. And it's a big pandemic that's hitting our youth. And we're going to have a conversation with the two filmmakers of Sextortion, the Hidden Pandemic, right in one second. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that if you haven't already done so, please click the link below to subscribe to our YouTube channel and you'll never miss another episode. You can also support us in one of two ways as we continue to bring you the best lifestyle, women's and business content on the internet. You, we have a Patreon account, so that link's below. No donation is too big or too small, and it also has special perks. Or you can get a Jeanette's TV and Jeanette's TV podcast t-shirt or sweatshirt like this. The order link will be below. You pick your size, your color. If you want this with the logo and the tagline or an inspirational saying made by me and a previous guest in a previous episode. And you choose... Uh, everything that you want, and then we will ship it to you. All orders include shipping and handling, conveniently sent right to your front door. You can learn more again by clicking the link below. Now, on with today's episode. And I'm sitting here with Stephen Peck and Maria Peck, who are the filmmakers behind the new movie documentary. Actually, it's a crime story called Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic. Welcome to Jeanette's TV, Stephen and Maria. And let's start by you telling us, how did you get involved in this project? And why did you think this was such an important documentary and crime story to tell. So Jeanette, when uh, somebody pitched this documentary to us at the end of 2019, we didn't know what sextortion meant. We didn't understand the difference between sextortion and human trafficking. Uh, so we started our research and greenlit the film in March of 2020 and what can possibly go wrong, right? So what happened is COVID hit, but also what happened is a lot of children went online, went online for studying, for school, and so the numbers started just growing exponentially. Right now, the difference between sextortion, the crime of sextortion and human trafficking is 1000% at any given day. Uh, sextortion affects one in four children nationwide right now from elementary school age to high school age. Uh, it, the numbers are pandemic. They have about 
80,000 reports of sextortion and online enticement happening daily to National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. As parents to, uh, at that time, nine and 12-year-old girls, right now they're 11 and 14, uh, we felt like that was a story we wanted to tell. We wanted to tell it in a compelling, true crime kind of way, way. We wanted to educate and entertain at the same time and spread the awareness to prevent this crime from happening. Okay, so I understand the differences between sextortion and sex trafficking. I'm just going to reiterate it for my audience. So sextortion is exactly what I said in the intro. Um, it's when there's stalking online, usually with youth, young women, and they are required to provide sexual favor or sexual pictures or money in exchange for protecting private and sensitive information. And this is really getting out of hand. So Stephen, why is it that these, you know, that, that these um, young women are, are prey on the internet? Like what, what we have the example of the top pilot that you use in the movie and you know, he was like not the epitome of somebody you would think that would be so involved in these type of horrific crimes, but yet had a slew of, of uh, young people behind him that he had, he actually did this to. What, what makes somebody like that just do these type of things? Like, why would somebody in that type of a position want to be involved in something like this? Why would they even need to be involved in something like this? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Like Maria said, two years ago, we didn't even know that sex was a thing. And um, one of the things that documentary and film can do that we're really passionate about, they act like empathy machines and they allow us to understand something in a way that even the stats and statistics don't do. Um, you know, we often thought, you know, the perpetrator, there's always stereotypes. And we believe the same thing two years ago. We thought, well, first of all, the victims are going to be very much on the you know, the, the fringes of society and, you know, the runaways and the foster kids. And we realize very mm. quickly that it's any kid. And then on the flip side, we often think of the, uh, the guy who still lives at home in his mom's basement, you know, who's the one who's reaching out and, and victim, you know, creating, uh, going after these kids. In, in this story, Dan Harris was a, a Naval Academy graduate. He was one of the top air to air combat specialists in the U S Navy. He was a brilliant guy and yet he had hundreds of victims and so we we realized that the power of of this film is to break down some of those stereotypes uh, so that parents and teens can know what to look for and uh well, sorry go finish that you say what you want to say and then we'll move on to well, I, I wanted to just make clear it also happens to boys so this crime happens uh to boys and girls regardless of their you know gender age socioeconomic status or race or where they live in the country all they have to be is physically online either playing video games or using social media apps that's how the predators have access to them um we had cases uh with elementary school children come in also recently there are a lot of Nigerian and Ivory Coast um, sextortion rings that started extorting older teenage boys for money. Um, they act like a young lady that they're meeting online. They get one image or one video from the boy and then they turn against them and then demand money in return for deleting the images. And oftentimes when the boy doesn't know what to do, 
we unfortunately had several suicides just in the recent months of 17 boys yeah so it does happen to boys and girls it's not just um a crime against females okay so there's two things i want to touch upon here that you already alluded to number one online right so technology is playing a huge part in attracting victims to what extent is the technology developing to get these you know young girls and boys in or falling prey to these um scams so it's not illegal to be somebody else online if you are 45 years old and you want to pretend to be a 13 year old teen boy use a picture that looks cute and meet girls online it, it until you produce um, exploitive you know, images uh, or force somebody to do that, it's not a crime. So technology makes it very easy to um, meet these kids online. You could be playing video game and pretend to be a kid and then you're not. And then you say, you know, if you take a picture of yourself, I will buy this and this, you know, things for you for the video game. And then the kid doesn't know any better. So they do that so they can get whatever the gadget they want inside the video game. So unfortunately, children are very trusting. Um, according to recent data, one in three kids has a best friend who they never met in real life. They either met them through you know, online platforms or video games. So they have a best friend relationship type with an online friend that they never physically met. So for them, it's very hard to tell who is, you know, a friend or who is a predator until things turn dark. And when things turn dark, they feel ashamed. They feel like they don't have anywhere to turn. And oftentimes they don't tell. Uh, why we highlighted this case is because only one victim out of 300 victims told a lot of the victims weren't even identified because HM told um, law enforcement about her victimization, 300 other girls were saved. And this happens in every single case that Homeland Security investigates. There is one person that tells and then they find hundreds of other victims. Right. And so, as you said at the top of the interview, you're on a, a tour right now, uh, city to city after the film was released and it was in the Santa Barbara Film Festival and now you're on this tour educating parents, what are some of the telltale signs uh, a parent could look for to know that their child or their teenager was going through this horrible experience? And what can they do to prevent it? Yeah, thanks, Jeanette. So we are doing a 20-city tour. I just got back from San Francisco and it's been unbelievable uh, you know, there's been hundreds of people in the audience everywhere we go and parents are, are asking this exact same question. Uh, one of the analogies that we use a lot is, you know, my 14 year old uh, daughter is uh, already asking when she gets to start driving. And I'm like, not so fast, young lady. Uh, but, uh, you know, when when it is time for our teens to get behind the wheel of a car, back to your idea of technology earlier that, you know, a car is not inherently good or bad, uh, but but. They have to take a test and they have to learn the rules of the road so that they can be safe using this tool. And then we have make them drive with an adult for an entire year so that they feel comfortable online and they understand, you know, in the car before they we give them the keys. But then what we're often doing as parents is we're handing our 10 or 12 year old an iPhone or an iPad and then we tell them nothing. And we're putting them on like an information superhighway, but we haven't taught them about how to be safe. And so the technology is not inherently good 
good or bad. But if, if, if our kids, you know, aren't aware of what to look out for, it's so easy for them to fall victim. And so that's, so what should they be aware of? Like a certain messaging, like, Oh, you're so pretty and things like that. What what are some of the telltale signs that, you know, these are red flags, watch out. Yeah. So before Maria, I'll just jump in quickly and then you tell more. But like in this film, this was a Facebook and a Skype case. You know, now it's often on uh, Snapchat. And in five years, it's probably going to be something we've never even heard of before. Uh, but the MO is often exactly the same. And, and Maria, you can go into detail. And they often become friends uh, like on Facebook or on Snapchat. They're friends with your friends. And so uh, accepting a friend request just because they're friends with your friend does not mean anything, does not mean you can trust that person because that's one of the tactics they use. They friend a few people from your social circle to target you. They could say, oh, I'm going to the same school. Oh, what school are you going? Oh, so they get information from you without giving information back to you. And then their camera is often broken. They can only provide a photo. They're never providing live feed. And basically, it's a person who pretends to be somebody else. And they're technically that person online. But in reality, they're somebody else. So if you haven't met a person in real life, I would never, ever, ever send an image to that person of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, what just, about is whatsapp a big part of the problem too as a as a technology and an app like whatsapp's very easy to contact people on whatsapp is, uh, is encrypted so uh the person the two people that are talking have the key to the conversation but law enforcement does not so it's much harder to track people on whatsapp um also you have to be aware if you're sending an image you need to make sure that your iPhone is set on a setting that does not include a geolocator because a lot of kids don't do that and then they're horrified to know that the predator knows where they live which they can easily tell where they live by the geolocator located in their photos so they just have to be really really careful and not really trust people because people lie all the time online and it's a hard concept for kids to understand but unfortunately that is the truth so if somebody's asking a lot of information from you they never met you in real life and all of a sudden they have the same interests as you do they listen to the same music they go supposedly to the same school Uh, you need to be careful and you need to be very careful never meet up with them without an adult and never ever ever send them an image of any kind Mm-hmm. And so also, I mean, it's very easy when we're in that stage of life, especially maybe young girls who lack self-esteem, it's very easy to fall prey and privy to somebody saying, oh, you're beautiful and all that, because that's what we want to hear. But we have to be also a little prudent and cautious about that type of thing, right, too, is it, so that we don't fall in, we don't fall into this trap. Now, the next thing I wanted to ask you, because I know we only have so much time today, Um you were working with uh, the National Security for the U.S. and the, all these other different groups. How did you get involved with them and how what how were they in facilitating information or helping you to get the case studies or whatever? What part did they play in, in making this film come to fruition? Go ahead, Stephen. 
Yeah, so so when we first started looking at um, how we wanted to tell a story, we were going to do a lot of filming on the West Coast. But when COVID hit shortly after uh, we began, we realized we had to try to find something. We're on the East Coast that we could do. Uh, we reached out to some friends in the U.S. Attorney's Office, and they were the ones that told us about this case, of, of the Dan Harris case. And they said, this case is so crazy. It reads like a thriller. And slowly over time, we we were able to get introduced to each of the main uh, law enforcement folks that were running this case and built up trust. They understood that, you know, we're parents to preteen and teenage girls. You know, there, there was a very personal reason why we wanted to make the film. And so there were several production companies that wanted to make this film, but they thought we were the right ones to make it. And so we realized that this case at a very granular level shows how this crime happens. So like I said earlier, this was Facebook in five years. It'll be something we've never heard of before, uh, but it's still the same MO. And so by, you know, allowing you to see the actual photos that, that Harris was using on his profile picture, the actual chats, very cleaned up, of course, but the actual chats that he was using to trick the kids, then it helps our kids and parents to know what to look out for. Mm hmm. Okay, so a couple of things as we sort of round out here this interview. I know it's only given 20 minutes and I have about six minutes left and a hundred questions I'd love to still ask. Um, but one thing I want to make sure that that it is well noted is that that this documentary will be for release on digital coming October 4th. So um, can you please state the actual digital platform? I don't know if that's available globally or just in the U.S., Go ahead, Stan. Yeah, so the so the film's releasing globally on 10-4. Um, we didn't come up with that date, but it couldn't be more perfect for a law enforcement movie to get released on 10-4. Um, and it's going to be on iTunes, Amazon, Hulu, Google Play, all of the digital platforms. You'll be able to do it. If you go to the website, sextortionfilm.com, you can pre-order the film. We made it as cheap as iTunes would let us, so it's only 10 bucks, and all the profits are actually going to nonprofits that are working to keep our kids safe online. So so, you know, Jeanette, for your audience, you know, it could be a huge help for us if they pre-order the film because that helps it to chart and that brings uh, a lot of awareness and it also puts it on the radar of all the streamers. Um, so, again, we wanted to make it available uh, for every parent, every kid, and we're now working uh, with the National Center to create some five minute uh, cut downs of the film that can be used in schools, um, churches, you know, community organizations. All of those are also on the sextortionfilm.com website. And since you brought the schools and the churches and the communities up, to what extent will they be getting involved in getting this message out and, and stopping this extortion from continuing? So right now we have so many requests all from all over the country. Honestly, it, we are overwhelmed by requests for community screenings. We have about 100, 120 pending uh, so far. After this 20 city tour, uh, we are screening the film for European Parliament, Dutch Parliament, Australian Parliament. And in January, we're also screening the film in Pentagon. Um, so the role they will be playing 
is law enforcement will be enabled to use our video modules as part of their safe internet school presentations to take into schools and educate the kids. The kids really don't want to listen to a lecture and they really want to don't want to listen to adults oftentimes, but these modules actually highlight stories from actual children that were victims of sextortion. They're very short, they're five minute long, and they are accompanied by Q and A, um, guide the questions you can ask children to discuss this crime in detail so they can understand so they know what the red flags are it kind of breaks it down and says well harris did this do you think this was a red flag what how would you react in this situation and it breaks down the crime step by step so children can understand how this can happen and avoid that from happening to them and also wanted to mention we're going to be in, releasing the film for limited theatrical release in los angeles in noho 7 theater starting on september 30th it's going to run for a week four times a day okay so uh two quickie questions because we're kind of running short on time here but uh i wanted to sort of bring out two things first of all can you tell through a case study example, perhaps of one of the children who was victimized that you feature in the film, uh, an exemplary story of, you know, how this happened and how it could have been stopped or how the parents stopped or anything like sort of like a case study type of example. Yeah, so I think you got to watch the film to see the case studies, Jeanette. But I will tell you one of the big takeaways from the film that I hope all parents will come away with is that uh, one of the Lindsay Olson from the National Center says one of the biggest things that we can do, and I've been hearing it in these screenings across the country, is that kids are worried to tell their parents for one main reason. They're worried that the parents are going to take away their phone. And so as parents, we should be talking to our kids using this film as, as a discussion guide and saying, if anything comes and happens to you, you're not going to be in trouble. I am not going to take away your phone. That's like so critical because that's one of the main reasons why they try to deal with it on their own. They end up paying money to the, to the people. Where would they get the money though? If not from the parent. I mean, we, we just heard a case, you know, recently where where, you know, they're using Western Union, they're using gift cards, you know, they're, you know, getting their credit card out of their parents purse. I mean, these wow. guys, they are literally helping 10 year olds know how to do a wire transfer step by step. Oh, so they so it's unbelievable. So, the, you know, um, so it's all about prevention and making sure that we can have those talks with our kids to say, we are a safe place, no judgment, no taking away your phone. And if we can start having that conversation, we can hopefully start seeing this number go down. Cause right now it's 80,000 cases a day. Wow. Yeah. And just uh, say it again, the website that we can go to, to learn more about this and also to or pre-order the movie and see where all the screenings are and what have you. So the website is sextortionfilm.com. It has the trailer. It has the pre-order link. Also has the resources for parents and kids, how to report these cases, how to take down images, and also the video modules that you can use to discuss this with your kids. Okay, that's really, really crucial information, that resource stuff for sure. And you mentioned taking down the images. Some people might think that, once an image is put up somewhere online, it's never coming down. So you're saying there's hope that it can come down. Yes. Uh, National Center for Missing Exploited Children has a, a huge page dedicated to it. And you can actually request for your images to be taken down. It is hard, but it is doable. 
Mm -hmm. But that's in the U.S. What about other countries? Is it going to be the same? Yeah, right now the National Center is actually the clearinghouse worldwide. Uh, the European Union is going to be um, this fall working on creating a European version, uh, the European Center. Um, but for now, NICMAC, for short, the National Center is uh, really the cybertipline.org. That's the tip of the spear. That's where you want to go make a report. And then they're able to route those reports to the proper law enforcement to help to help. Okay. And one more time, the website, say it again, one more time, because we're rounding out. I have to let you go. Unfortunately, Absolutely. it was so, a riveting conversation, but we've run out of time. Yeah. Thank you, Jeanette. So at sextortionfilm.com. Okay. So I want to thank you both, Stephen and uh, Maria Peck, for being with us today, for shedding light on this very disturbing topic. And hopefully in doing so, we're going to save some kids' lives and certainly prevent the suicide rate. That would be very important. And I'd like to see that happen as well. And uh, I want to thank my audience for joining in as well today. And uh, remember that uh, you can share us with your family and friends. You can see us all over the internet. And we also have the podcast side. For a complete list of where to watch and listen to us, please check the link below in the show notes. And until next time, Continue to be fabulous. This is Jeanette Burke, your host, signing off.